All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, You guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Welcome to Saturday Morning Serial. It's me, Dan Grimshay, and I have got such great news. Not only do I have Marquee by my side. Go ahead, Marquee, chime in. I'm here. All right, that's enough of that. We've also got a real family reunion here. Uh-huh. Finally, on the same episode, we have both Johnny Heck. Hey, yo. And... Jimmy the Gent. Hey, howdy, hey, listeners. You guys probably missed my flourishing hand movements out but, there in listener land. he's obviously very but excited. this is a big yeah. deal for it's us. great for a podcast. I'm very glad. This is fi- the first episode ever we've used four microphones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got four mics going live. Upgrade. Yeah. Yep. 12 years in the room. And we are all in studio, by the way. A lot of you podcasters out there, which we love you, most of you. Uh, you guys are doing a lot of call-ins, a lot of a lot of call-in hosting Skype, and, and that's FaceTime, um, and that's good. You know, like we do all of our yeah. interviews that way. But we are all in studio, face to face. We're here to like to do some serious podcasting. Yep. I think. Yep. Can or we get whatever an air you call. Horn? It. Are we going to do that condescending thing? Like, I know Skype is good for you (laughs) and your podcast, but but we're kind of like a uh, you know professional. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, we practically have eight crates on the ceiling right now, so I think I think we're doing great. And uh, uh, that uh, next upgrade is coming. Oh, I know. Can't wait. Amazon wish list. (laughs) The future is now. Well, so yeah, we're we're finally back. Um, it's been it's been a while. We haven't done a new episode in a few weeks, uh, and we got Comic Con coming up. We obviously have. There's a lot. There's we're getting into the summer months, summer movie season. Things are winding up. Things are winding down. There's a lot to talk about. Yep. And, and this time around, we're actually using audio we didn't get from last year's Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> this is another Refreshing first for us this it. season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're celebrating yeah. this one, guys. We've yeah, actually we've got uh, Johnny Heck's recent interviews with uh, 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 from WonderCon from WonderCon yep. 2000. 19, That's right. I believe. Yeah. I made the arduous journey uh, up the freeway. Uh, yeah, to that, the, to that treacherous hour and a half drive to Orange County, gentlemen, and uh, the mean streets of Anaheim, and yeah. I made it back. It's really so. the drive back that kills you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but, but this Man, is... We've lost many San Diegans <laughs> to Anaheim yeah. for the very reason. But Johnny was sent on a perilous mission to Anaheim, California, to capture... The elusive audio of one Marty Cove. 
I'm sorry. I call him Marty. You guys know him as Martin Martin Cove. I call him you guys Martin Dead Man's Cove. <laughs> who is who? Who is Sensei John Kreese from the Karate Kid, and now star of Cobra Kai season two. So we actually sent Johnny Heck on a mission to capture audio from the Cobra Kai season two cast, including Martin Cove and. Billy Zapka. Yeah, both of them, two main stars. and We're going to hear from both of them? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, got audio from both. Fun fact, though, um, they don't like it when you conduct the interview while in mid-crane kick position. <laughs> uh, not a fan. Real defensive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I pictured you with the microphone on your foot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, that's an that's a that's a illegal kick, as we know. You can't, right. you can't ask that. Oh, come to find out. Yeah, come yeah. a spoiler, right? If you haven't yeah, seen absolutely, it, right? absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we sent because look, uh, we get a lot of invitations. We turn down a lot of cons, a lot of a lot of a lot of press passes. We yeah. could not turn down the press pass to WonderCon this year, even though. We couldn't go, right, Grim? Yeah, I wasn't yeah. able to go. But then yeah. again, I've I, I even boycotted uh, Saturday morning serial con. Yeah, last year, if you remember. <laughs> yeah, but famously. still scheduled so to appear. I'm not he the one not. to expect. Yeah, but still, yeah. we uh, we sent Johnny Heck, and he captured some amazing audio from WonderCon talking about the most the most amazing, um, the most perfect '80s movie of all time, The Karate Kid. Uh, and you know what? Now that we got four swinging dicks in the room, yeah. it's about time we talked about that. I know movie it's because been, yeah. it is. It's from the year 1984. 1984. And we have had many, many off mic talks about how that was uh, the 80s, I guess, gold standard of movies. Um, yes, it, yeah. 1984. 1984. And uh, does anybody have a list of the 1984 movies? I do have the list here. Uh, Johnny Heck has a list. I hold one close to my heart, but take it away, John. <laughs> right. All right. These movies came out, believe it or not, 1984. are going to breeze through it pretty quickly. Um, if you've heard them, heard of these, let me know. <laughs> Raise uh, your hand out there. Gremlins, The Terminator, Ghostbusters, Nightmare on Elm Street, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Jeez. Beverly Hills Cop, Red Dawn, The Natural, Police Academy, This is Spinal Tap, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Slower, slower. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> you watch. Splash, nice. 16 Candles, full hour. <laughs> Footloose, Purple Rain, and my personal uh, uh, kind of favorite, The Last Starfighter. Jeez. So, Hell yeah. And, and, you know, there's 12 months in a year, and somehow... Um, Every single one of those movies we could do a whole episode on. And Every single one of them. But today, we're going to talk about The Karate Kid. The Karate that stands which out. also came out in 1984. So not, yeah. not only are you saying that it's the best of 84, you're, you're saying it, like that it encapsulates 1980s movies, period. So, yeah. so to shine out of that... You know that 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 chasm of of greatness. So it spans the whole decade, and I tend to agree. I yeah, mean, yeah. It really I, sticks I, out. I, I think that... the whole decade, just that one year. As a matter of fact, I I officially, as the host, Dan Grimshay, I <laughs> proclaim this the first in a series of of episodes we will do to cover 1984 movies. Absolutely. Oh, as a matter of fact, I Maestro, play the theme music. Let's talk 84, man, such good movies galore, man. I remember Ghostbusters, Red Dawn, Terminator, Spinal Tap, Indiana Temple, and Hanks in Splash, 60 Candle Star, Man, Muppets Took Manhattan, Amadeus, Purple Rain, Elm Street, Karate Kid, can't believe what Johnny did. 
1984, man had many, many more men. So let's talk 84. Yeah, that was good. Absolutely. A little synthy. A little, yeah, I, I heard that. Little, well, let's not set standards for it. <laughs> no, no, I, I think we should lock you into what this sounds like right now. I, mean, <laughs> I don't, That's I don't. Jolie was a weird choice. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Monkey's howling was yeah. really strange, but I, I liked it. I really mm. did like it. Oh, yeah. you guys, dicks. <laughs> anyway, first of the series, 1984 masterpiece theater. I don't know. Still in progress. This is the first one. Yeah. The first movie we're going to talk about of apparently far more than we're ever going to live to touch on, The Karate Kid. Yeah. The and story of a young transplant, Daniel LaRusso, yep. from New Jersey. From New Jersey. Newark. Torn from his original soil. Yeah. Replanted in California. Yep. And has some adversity. Uh, immediately. Responds almost violently. Admirably. Heroically. Admirably, some would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Keep, yep. Keep on going. And uh and learned a little something about himself and other cultures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, That's I think you're nailing it. Yeah, yeah. I think he absolutely did. But where does that leave us? Oh well as a, as, like like uh take yourself back to being that age. All right. So nineteen eighty four, you were born in seventy seven. What's the math on that? Anybody know how old he was? Well, let's see. Uh, 84 <laughs> minus 77 plus put me on blast. I was a, I was a young, impressionable lad. Right. But it was the time when it seemed to me, and I think looking back, it's kind of true. Stories were simpler. But it seems to me like good movies had a good guy yeah. who started in trouble, overcame the odds, had a good montage, had a catchy theme song. <laughs> And by God, if he didn't kick somebody in the face by the end. Yeah. There, Illegally. There needs to be a seventh piece of that Hero's Journey pie. <laughs> it says montage. Right? Yeah, montage. Yeah, 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 you got the montage. That, the montage. Uh, key component of the 80s movie, yeah. the montage. You right. just kind of, you could, you could uh, set your watch to it. I, um, I, I, I won't date myself entirely, but well, I guess I will by saying this. I watched that as a little kid at the drive-in. Um, with my family and, uh, yeah, that, that whole experience and then leading up to the climax, everyone's just cheering and high-fiving. I mean, that was awesome. I mean, I, I remember it vividly as, even as a little it kid at the drive It worked like a Rocky level kind of. Yeah. Yes. He did it. You knew he was going to do it. You knew for an hour and 45 minutes, but when it happens to this day, it, the film is just structured for that moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they did it with an art form back then. A testament to great filmmaking where it can evoke those emotions, right? You know, it, it, when you watch it today, you know what's going to happen. You know mm-hmm. how it's going to end. But you're still, like, coming up to it, you're, you, you still get the goose nipples. You still get you still get all excited when he's getting ready to do the crane kick. And you're, you're saying to yourself, this is impossible. You, nobody's going to allow mm. that to happen. But uh, it feels like I just watched it today on the big screen. And uh, yeah, like I, it might change that, when you watch it, it again. It's like, oh, is, is he's going to yeah. lose this time. You know, like, you know, you're right. Gonna, you're no, right. No. Yeah, like it, it, this. And um, I actually got to attend the uh, Fathom, the Phantom, wait, is it Fathom event? I think Fathom, Fathom event, yeah. I, I attended the Fathom event, which was a big screen viewing of the Karate Kid celebrating its 30th year. Are we in the 30th uh, year? 35th, How long, right? 35th How long year. ago was it? 35th year. So, uh, like last month. In its, <laughs> in its anniversary of X years. Um, yeah, I got to see it on the big screen again. And 
every single time. I know this movie in and I've seen it probably 50 times. Yeah. It's so exciting to watch. Like it's hard to just not cheer for this guy. And, um, and you know, watching this movie more than likely everyone that's listening to this podcast, everyone, I know everyone that's in this room more than likely we were the LaRusso and we sure. got our butts kicked by Zapka. We got our butts kicked by Johnny. And now we can get into the I whole thing. I was more of a Skywalker, but I get it from an underdog layer. Yeah. I know may, what you're saying. Yeah, maybe so. I was um, more of an Elizabeth Shoe, to be honest. Yeah, you uh, might have been Elizabeth Shoe. Maybe out there you were the Elizabeth Shoe, and you were rooting for me to just, come back. Just keeps bailing to on fight good for franchises your honor. by <laughs> the sequel every time. But there, there is there is something about that. You know, Talk about the hero's journey. There is the one where you're the the chosen one and you're turning down the adventure and all this other stuff. Yeah. That's the hero's journey. Also, there's this other hero's journey where you're just shit on the whole time and you're beat up and you're knocked down. Now, what makes this the most perfect eighties movie is that I remember going to flea markets. You guys call them swap meets out here, but where I come from, they're called flea markets. And when I was a kid, they would sell you for $5, a legit fucking chinese star ninja fucking you were you were seven years old there's inflation but you can still get that yeah (laughs) and you could throw this at your brother no no problem you would throw a chinese star at them but ninjas were big back then and karate was big back then and every single kid that was like me we had this dream that we could meet this you know chinese old guy or Japanese old master kind of guy and that he would teach us karate to take care of the bully. Like that was like every kid my age, all of us in this room, I know you guys had this dream when you were a kid. And all of a sudden there's a movie, 1984, where this kid who's getting shit on and beat up, he meets this old Japanese dude. And he doesn't even know that he's learning karate. Right. It's fucking yeah. nuts. Wax on, wax, wax off. Wax on, wax off. And you're right about that kid thing. I don't know about your guys' school, but that Monday after that movie came out, every kid <laughs> was just fucking kicking each other. Like on their, uh, you know, during recess. Everyone was just crane kicking each other in the, in the, it was mostly yeah. kicking each other yeah, in the balls 100%. the whole time. But yeah, it was just yeah. like everyone was doing that the next day. And, yeah, it, it was instant, and it was awesome. It was instant and awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. Because it worked so well, and I think it was because, again, I'll say, and it's not to offend the movies themselves, but you could make a simpler movie back then, mm-hmm. and I certainly ate it up at seven, eight years old, much easier. Yeah. But it it somehow it took itself just seriously enough Yeah. to where in the same world where a kid who you think is basically one step from homeless can also show up to school in a obviously $400 Halloween costume kind of levity of, he was the one who had like the full shower. Yeah. I got it. Is that a costume adjusted for inflation? (laughs) Yes. Oh yeah. Clearly. (laughs) Well, but um, it, uh, it would would cost 125 back in 1984. If you were to ridiculous, um, uh, Nice on a most on a most recent viewing in the scene that precedes the Halloween party, the mm-hmm. you know where he's wearing a shower basically, when Miyagi is telling him and he gives him that sage advice of, uh, for young bee to make honey, he needs young 
flower, not old prune, right? Saying, you know, you need you need to go to the party. You can't hang what? out with me, right? I know it's a little sexual, but that's that is basically <laughs> what he says. Um, so Miyagi basically tells Daniel that if you want to grow and you know make sweet memories, you have to go to the party. You can't hang out here with me. And do you think he in knew the background, he would get his ass kicked? No, is I don't think so. No, but I, but if uh, if you look in the background, you're going to see an orange shower curtain. You're going to see a copper ring. You're going to see a shower head. Like all of the elements of the costume are on the wall behind Miyagi. Hmm. So basically, he's saying. So you're so saying there's like, like a ten dollars. There's like, no, no, no. It's not a cutscene. No, scene. there's probably a montage of him making. <laughs> this is our. <laughs> it's possible oh, there's a montage. And I mean, God knows how no, many other is... costumes with stuff off Miyagi's mm-hmm. wall. Mm-hmm. He came out from mm-hmm. behind, and Miyagi details. went, "No." <laughs> I think right. originally he was going to show yeah. up in his World War II Japanese, uh, you know, like uniform and stuff. Yeah. But even in the eighties, still frowned upon. Yeah, he can't do that. He comes no. out dressed <laughs> like his dead wife. <laughs> 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 it's cultural appropriation. I can't, I can't stand for this. So no, no, no. They wisely cut the montage. Yeah. And he just shows up wearing the shower. Forgot where I was going with this. Well, but. look, uh, allow me to get this back on track. So, Daniel, Daniel LaRusso, uh, when confronted Sorry. about not going to the party, I believe he says, if I could go as the invisible man, and that's the idea of the shower, yet you're going to a Halloween party. Any mask will do. Yeah. You don't have to go through this big shower ordeal, right? Yeah. Anyway. I don't want to draw attention to yeah. myself. Yeah. I'll yeah. just choose a costume that is... The most interesting. Right. 200 cubic feet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's a little... Uh, what's that uh, where you're only interested in the light that shines around you? Uh, it's that, uh, that, uh, that, that psychology thing. Oh, you like, lost uh, me. I was going to say hat on a hat, but no, 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 no. Did you say hat on a hat? Yeah. No, no, no. Look, look guys. I mean, come on. This is, this is just one little piece of the puzzle that makes this movie amazing. And it yeah. makes it really, really, really And it's perfect. one I've never even tried to pry up to see if it stands until tonight. And that's a testament to like how much just sitting down and watching the movie. Like if we wanted to be dicks about it, if we wanted to go total, how, how did this get made on it? I'm sure we could do a nine hour podcast on this. Yeah. But it never once occurred to <laughs> and me. And here we go. This movie <laughs> does it uh, next right. The subsection. No, no, you're right. It does, and th- I think that is the ultimate test. You look back at a 35-year-old movie. Can you still watch it today? Can kids still watch it today? And, you know, I can't see it through my, you know, my eyes like I did when I first saw it. But I think as an adult, and I think, you know, the fact that it's still popular. And also in, um, in popular culture, too. I mean, a lot of these movies that we listed earlier... Are still very much in popular culture, um, you know, Ghostbusters, Spinal Tap, Terminator. Well, they keep making Terminator fucking movies, but um, the fact that people and still talk about this, yeah, and Ghostbusters, and people still talk about this, and also, it's back after thirty-five years. Um, it's a continuation yeah. of it. A lot of these, uh, a lot of these questions that we all have about this movie, you know, like does it hold up? Do, like, do its do its theme? Does it message? Does that still hold up today? They actually have an opportunity to address all of that. They came out with this with this series last year, 
that's one of the YouTube's first um, uh, like original, original, bread, or original screen or yeah, whatever the hell. And they, they're actually getting into this, and so um, name any problem that you had with the original Karate Kid or its sequels, by the way. Karate Kid Two, Karate Kid Three, they haven't addressed the next Karate Kid, which was the Hillary Swank, which was the Hillary Swank yeah, yet. Yeah. Um, and I, I've seen both of the seasons of of uh, Cobra Kai, but um, or that Jackie Chan, Jaden Smith, wasn't there? Yeah, that, was that, that doesn't James. exist yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> Jackie Chan no, knows right. kung fu. Stop right there! Just, stop that's right there. the most <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> thing. Mark is ever. waving all of us. Off. I'm going to kill <laughs> you. Related by name only. <laughs> Right. He's okay. swatting at me. He's that was in China with Jackie Chan. It should have been called the Kung Fu Kid. It's the stupidest thing ever. However, Will Smith is a producer of Cobra Kai. So I'm assuming he bought some kind of, of ownership. Yeah. So it's the only friend of the show, well, of the show yeah. Will Smith. All right. yeah. Anyway, I forgot where I was going with this, but that really pisses me off. I don't remember where I was going with it. But look, so uh, we're, it, we're it, just it happy rare... to spread the vitriol on the Internet. Thanks yeah, for listening, it, it everybody. Is, it is this rare opportunity to actually address those themes of an 80s movie that you may challenge nowadays. You know, what does it mean to be Cobra Kai? What does it mean to be Daniel LaRusso in this? Mm. You know, like, uh, if I could beat up my bully, would I become the bully? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, right. you know, like, you know, would I become the asshole? If these, I could and, kick yeah, his ass? And these are challenging ideas yeah. that did not belong in those movies. Then. Right. If well, is, but, is there any uh, series that we could watch that might answer these questions? <laughs> yes, yeah. there is. It's called Cobra Kai. Ah. Season one, season two just now dropped. Yeah, season right? two is available. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, there, is a, there is a way to go back. Our need for nostalgia is actually giving us some progress finally. Right? Well, I, actually, I think that's the entire premise of in this particular podcast, but so. yeah. yeah, 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 I think you're right. I the, think theme, you're right. the theme grew up with us there, uh, yeah, didn't it, Marky? I, I think you're right, man. What's, what's that? What's that catchphrase? Uh, we are Saturday Morning Serial, the show that celebrates the themes of Saturday morning TV that we not only grew up with, but that grew up with us. Hell yeah, well yeah, done. Right. And, All right, uh, well, after the intro, we're going to uh, come back uh, with a conversation about Cobra Kai, Karate Kid, and yeah, but I think uh, well, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. But uh, I think we should get this thing going. I think we should talk to Johnny himself. Uh, uh, well, Johnny, talk to Johnny. Johnny, yeah. talk to Johnny. <laughs> Bill, Billy Zakra, the one and only man, coolest guy you ever want to see. He's hugging everybody and just comes out. Everyone um, in the press room um, was like cheering him and i'd rarely see that you know yeah. every and he's coming around high-fiving everybody and he's we've been in the room everybody. with mike tyson by the way right yeah right. <laughs> I mean, and they're and they're just loving him he's loving it man they're just this cast looks like they're having the most fun and billy zabka is so appreciative cool interview and you, you could hear it come through i think just how much he adores the fans and the show so um it's, Here a, we good, go. it's yeah. a good listen yeah did uh, johnny heck did you want to call out the magic interview machine oh shit Oh, wow. Please give it a try. All right. Magic Interview Machine, take us to WonderCon 2019 and Billy Zabka. Meanwhile. 
Thanks for having me, guys. Any questions? What's that? I can't tell you anything about season two. Has anybody seen it? I know some people have seen it. No, you haven't seen it? Yeah. Season two picks up where season one ended. I can tell you that. It's the page turner. It's the next moment in the story. Um, and it pulls you right into, uh, I mean, it's like a long movie, and now this is the second half of that part of it. Yeah. I was curious, I mean, you, you don't know you've seen you in How I Met Your Mother, pop culture, talking about this character, and this finally came into fruition. We're doing this, and we just like, all right, let's, we've been wrapping up to it so much, or was it just an initial reaction? Yeah, my initial reaction was, uh, it was, wow, it's really kind of a strange feeling. It was like somebody coming back from the dead almost or a girlfriend coming back and saying, hey, I, I still want to work it out or, you know, or some long-lost family member showing up and saying I'm moving in. It was like, whoa, it hit me from behind. And uh, But uh, I was instantly excited about the idea of who was coming from Josh, John, and Hayden. I worked with Josh in Hot Tub Time Machine. And, uh, and I knew John and uh, John and Hayden, and so I was excited about whatever they had to pitch me that day. And then they told me about Cobra Kai, and they brought it into Johnny's eyes, and, uh, you know, it was a slow burn to, you know, the idea of doing that was like, because if it didn't work out, it would have been really hard. You know what I mean? Like, to go and look back at this character and try to launch him again, and it didn't work, I'd have rather not even done it at all. Because it's like, leave it there. Now I'm trying to bring something back. So I held it really loosely all the way up. And, you know, like, well, it's going to happen. It's not going to happen. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. But it just, like a train, just kept moving. Got Ralph on board, went out on the pitches. YouTube got it. It happened fast. We're up in three months. It was like, wow, you know. Or almost a year, I guess, after we were shooting. Uh, but, I mean, they, from the time that we had our first meeting until we were shooting was about a year and um, so it was uh, and then I believed it and then I stepped into it and I loved every minute of it and I was ready to take it to the, you know for everything I could and it was a lot of fun and very fulfilling do you think the fact that I met your mother or other memes on the internet presenting this idea that Johnny was the real hero yeah. the karate kid yeah. did that help you you accept that the idea of going into this, this show the way it was written um, good question well you know I, I, I always had my it's, I always had my point of view of who Johnny was I never saw him as the as the the bad guy I always saw him as his own story and, and he you know and he was not all bad and he handed Daniel the trophy at the end and he didn't want to sweep his leg and so I always saw this goodness in Johnny Lawrence and at the end I think that's part of what makes the film so round is that he, he you know there's a redemptive moment and Miyagi liberates all these guys I mean all the Cobra Kai's crumble at the end like so and we see the crease is really the the core of it all um, so but yeah as far as how I met your mother and the memes and the things that went along the way that were like little seeds in that idea um, I, I imagine it probably helped pave some of the way for this in the public to uh, for it to land not completely from left field um, and, uh, and I'm so thankful for that show, How I Met Your Mother. I had the greatest time on that. And, uh, and it was great, too, because I wasn't playing Johnny. I was playing Billy Zapka, and, and there was a point of view about it. And that was truly fun and refreshing, because for 30 years, you know, you're the biggest jerk of all time, you know. <laughs> so to have Barney Stinson, like, celebrate him, you know, there's it was, it was a little joy in that, for sure. Yeah. Um, did you get a lot of say of the, how Johnny was portrayed in the show, like him being the guy who's kind of, kind of stuck in the past a bit, or like, you know, with the, like, 
they're like, what's a Facebook? And all that was the guys, the writers brought all that into it. Um, the, I had some say in, you know, uh, they, they presented what they wanted to do. They told me it was going to be a little bit like Bad Santa, and he was going to be Bad Sensei. Um, and, uh, you know, and I said, okay. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't until I read the scripts that I, you know, all that color came in and the baloney and uh, all that bit. Yeah, but, you know, I did a music video a few years back called Sweep the Leg. I don't know if you oh, ever yeah. saw that. And I kind of wrote myself as living in a trailer on a couch and had a firebird very similar to that. And so I kind of, like, already kind of set myself a fun idea of maybe what Johnny would be like. And yeah, kind of came around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Between uh, LaRusso and Lawrence? Yeah, a little bit as far as, I mean, it's the thing everyone was clamoring, obviously, to see. Yeah. Things get hotter, I can tell you that. Okay. Well, I think that, although the one they went for a drink was also... That's my favorite scene of the first yeah. season, was just them sitting, talking about Elizabeth Shue, mm-hmm. and looking her up on Facebook, and yeah. reminiscing. Yeah, but they're always going to, they, they could try to make it work for a while, and then they're always going to hit, like, a, there's a bump, there's a, there's landmines all over the field, you know, and it just, one thing's going to trigger it, and that happens. Can you talk about kind of the nuance in the writing, where, toward the end, where you're like, okay, Cobra Kai, I'm going to bring that back, but I'm not trying to avoid the lessons that... You know, the toxicity that Chris brought to it, and then you kind of see that coming through in, in the students anyway. Mm-hmm. And you're like, kind of look like you're regretting it, and Chris comes back. Like, yeah. how, how does that, how do you find that balance between, you know, I'm trying not to be Chris, but then I'm kind of being pushed toward that direction? Yeah, you know what's great about the character, and is I, you can learn from him. I mean, he's not conscious of almost anything. He's not really, th- he kind of does then thinks, you know. So when he goes and opens Cobra Kai, he's not, he's not thinking, I'm going to do it this way. He has no plan. He's just all heart. He's all, all effort, and and then and, and afterwards, then he goes and sees what he messed up and where he's going to go back and correct and fix things. So he doesn't have some plan, and he's not consciously trying to do anything. He's just consciously trying to make a, make a living, and you know, and uh, teach these kids what he knows. But then he's realizing what he knows is maybe not all good, and so he's um, you see him kind of waking up to that along the way. Um, but you know, now Sensei's in the dojo, so. You know, you got really old school anchor in there, so it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting struggle. Because I, th- I assume you deal with kind of that relationship and how it at the beginning of two when you tried to choke you out. And yeah. You kind of I wanted nothing to do with, with him personally. Yeah. Like, like, how does that kind of play out? Yeah. No. I mean, Johnny's done with him. I mean, I, you know, uh, he thinks he's dead, and uh, you know, that was the last time he saw Sense Increase. Was getting choked out in the parking lot after losing. And so, uh, you know, at the same time, Kreese built Johnny Lawrence in many ways. And so when, you know, the mad scientist walks into the dojo, is, you know, he's going to respond to it. He's kind of, he can't help it. Yeah, it's a father figure. It's kind of a toxic father figure that that kind of you inadvertently became to to the students who were doing all the stuff that he was teaching you. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I have just a childhood question I've always had with my friends and I. Um, could Johnny have taken Mike Barnes? <laughs> oh, I can't say that question. I can't answer that question. I can put it this way. Johnny didn't lose ever until a crane kick hit him in the face. That's all I can tell you. And no one ever saw that kick before. It seems like... Uh... There's this inherent kind of master and protege like Chris had to Johnny. 
there's no plan for Johnny, like you said, but is there almost just this subconscious way to, okay, maybe I'm going to create this next protege, and maybe Priest will try to swoop in and take him? I mean, is there that kind of dynamic maybe coming, or some semblance of that in season three? Well, imagine, you know, um, you know, like it's a football team, and uh, Crease was the old coach, and now Johnny's the coach, and he's got his own guys there, and then... You know, the old head coach shows up on the sidelines who is kind of his coach. You know, he's going to have some ideas. Like, ah, you know, I don't know. You should probably not play that guy. You might want to run this route or you might want to do this. So, you know, Kreese is there and he's not just a bystander. It's also Cobra Kai was founded by Kreese. So, uh, you know, I said at the very beginning, I'm like, you know, can Johnny just open up Cobra Kai? You know, like, you know, it was like, and I always said this too. When he opens up Cobra Kai, I said he's opening Pandora's box. And, you know, he hasn't done it in 30 years, so, you know, he opens it up and all kinds of things are jumping out of him, including Sensei Kree, so. Cobra Kai was a snake that bit him, and now he's trying to apply it. So, this season is a lot about Johnny figuring stuff out and uh, shedding some skin. No pun intended. (laughs) Pun intended. Is that it? Yeah, thank you. All right, fellas. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, all the best. Yep, you got it. All right. That was the honeycomb kid. Which is kind of like the Karate Kid. Was he ever like a mascot? No, I don't think it really stuck. But I think uh, in, the, <laughs> in the 1984, kind of around for a second, but it didn't stick. Right? I don't I, for for anybody that's not that's younger than let's just say 35. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm being generous here. Quick but, glance uh, around the room. You yeah. guys, you guys may not know how important ninjas were. To us, oh, like I mean, you know, I mean, come on, and I mean, certainly just... around the uh, mid to early 1980s, the American variety, yeah, right. and and so why is it that Michael we Dudikoff. we all wanted to kick Good people's teacher. asses, yet we were all Daniel Larusso's getting our asses kicked? So th- what what would happen to us if we had the power? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know, and I think I'll even take it. I'll, I'll see that, and I'll raise you one deeper. Uh-huh. What if we all just thought we were Daniel Larusso's? Uh huh. But actually, but actually, we were more uh, Johnny Kickbutts. <laughs> what if we were Johnny Larusso? No. We got our asses kicked. No, Daniel Russo. Daniel no, Larusso. no, I love the, the <laughs> confluence between. Let's. It's what, a Johnny okay. Larusso is what a concept. What if we got I'm our asses here. kicked, mm-hmm. and we still ended up today doing this podcast? Well, no, we owning. Yeah, but that's exactly what happened. Now. Yeah, no, but well, you minus know. the used car sales, <laughs> the fancy suits, the making fun of the guy that I got to kick kick his ass. 35 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I just ended up here in this uh, three, three pines. Yeah. yeah. How, how graceful a winner were you then, I guess, is what it is. But, but it brings me to the point I want to make here is who's really the hero? 
because we can't ignore it. It's, it. As mentioned in the interview, there's a whole internet theory out there that if you interpret the Karate Kid differently <laughs> than its intended simplistic 80s morality tale, maybe Daniel LaRusso's the bully. <laughs> and there's yeah. something to that. Am I wrong? Oh, ab- absolutely. Oh, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And if you look at it back, uh, movies forever were good guy versus bad guy. Black and white, easy peasy. You know who the bad guy was. You know who the good guy was. Uh, Recently, maybe the past 10, 15 years, it gets a little bit more... Uh, murky. It gets a little gray. Yeah. You have the anti-hero, like uh, you know, like a Walter White in Breaking Bad. He's a drug dealer that we're rooting for. Game of Thrones is a great example. I mean, there's good characters that are bad, bad characters that are good. There's no more, in a lot of ways, just straight-up good guys and straight-up bad guys. So we see that now in popular Maybe culture. Maybe they're the hero we deserve. Right. Everyone's kind of dark nightening around town. Yeah. So we're looking at through that lens back to 1984 and going, Wait a second. Johnny Lords was kind of the good guy in a lot of ways, and LaRusso, you know, was kind of a jackass. So Yeah. And as a matter of fact, before this gets any further, I do want to say I I even at the time as a child noticed at the very end, you know what? He's he didn't want to sweep the leg. But he was torn. There was like a special moment there, at least for me. Like he's like, Do I obey the person? who's basically, I guess, his father figure. Yeah. Or do I do what I think is right? Mm -hmm. And apparently he chose wrong, got a foot in the face. Hasn't he paid his price? (laughs) Yeah. Hasn't he made his due to society? Yeah, and it adversely affected him. I mean, as you've heard in the interview, and with the show Cobra Kai, things didn't work out for all good Johnny face kick, um, as it turns out. And, (laughs) you know, the hero who freeze-framed at the end with his trophy... Um, got the girl, got the car dealership, and he's living on Easy Street. Meanwhile, you know, Johnny's eating bologna, living in a trailer down by the river, and life's kind of <laughs> shitty, you know? Yeah, uh, I think you're absolutely right about that, Heck. But um, that's that's the challenge of this whole thing. It's just like, we're, which side do you fall on when you're a kid? Which side do you fall on now? You know, like, yeah. what... Uh, what sense does it make to you as you're kind of going through your stages of life? What you kind of find out is that, like, both sides, all sides kind of have their, their reasons and their rationale. Yeah. You know, and, like and maybe so, there's no simple answer. Correct. Like there used to be in that There is no black narrative. or white, right? Yeah. Like, Just like shades this, of gray. The actual montage Ooh. will not help you here, you know? And, and um, what if Johnny who we saw and we we kind of all hated like we all kind of knew that guy we all kind of knew Johnny and um what if he's got his own reasons for being the way that he is right um cobra kai in itself miyagi even says it he goes no such thing as bad student only bad teacher right it, it starts from cobra kai and it goes down um you know, that's what this show, that's what the that's what the Cobra Kai show kind of starts to investigate a little bit. What is Johnny's story? Why is he the way that he is? Why is the bully the way that he is? Generally, we're all going to find that the bully himself is just as sad as you are. Yeah. And it's entirely possible <laughs> yeah. that the bully all along yeah. was Daniel LaRusso without knowing he was a bully. Right. <clears throat> It's well, getting yeah. deep, but it is a popular theory, and you really can't deny it when you look at it. Because yeah, sure, how, but how deep are we gonna go? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. Um, 
I, I've actually investigated that a little bit. And I took a psychology class once, yeah. so I can kind of talk about this. Uh, I have investigated it. And in my um, psychology I've seen it recently. Class, they called me Danny Russo. I just, <laughs> I've I seen just it recently. <laughs> I have seen it recently. And um, no, Johnny was the dick through most of that movie. Mm-hmm. He really was. And, he was, um, especially in high school, yeah. but. Now and it's also cool. like there's uh, look the, the Daniel made a lot of mistakes uh, he shouldn't have done a, a few things but at but at the heart of it you know Read Johnny Johnny was ostentatious Halloween costume again I don't yeah, know why yeah. I can't I, let I'm, it go, I'm with you come on, on just to be devil's advocate if there was a member of this crew that was the Lawrence of the team and he was like you know I I think I made a lot of the right decisions I mean we're kind of looking at it from the nerd the the, the beat down mm-hmm. guy's perspective right yeah and as like as so it's been the second uh, the first season of this uh series oh, I, got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought i thought he was going somewhere I, with I, this I was, but I lost um, well i mean it felt good yeah. and i'm gonna latch on to that point which was, oh no no i guess not i'm yet. not yeah. Chip everyone fell apart for me too all the points are getting crane kicked but you know i did i did notice like billy zapka said um he didn't see Johnny Lawrence as necessarily bad guy. He didn't sweep the leg. He right. gave home team his trophy at the end, like mm-hmm. like that gentleman's uh, camaraderie. You bested me. Here's the trophy. And still, I I think you told me, Marky, that um, the trophy scene where Crease busts that breaks it in half was filmed after was it wasn't shown in the first movie. It was shown in the second movie. Oh yeah, yeah. You, I've actually yeah. yeah um, you were talking about this in Chicago. <laughs> Yo, yeah, we that's right, that's up. right. Um, I actually have. Uh, uh, by by me telling this little bit of a story here, um, I'm gonna devolve a little secret to all of you out there that are in the fourth or fifth grade. All right, you guys have a book report. Somebody wants you to read a book and then do a report on it. Do it on a novelization of a movie. <laughs> all right, because I did that with the Karate Kid back in 1985, 86. I would have been seven, eight years old. I would have been the third or the fourth grade. I'm not really quite sure, but I had a book report that I had to do, and I, I did actually read the novelization <laughs> of the Karate Kid based off of the book, The Karate Kid. Which was a movie by Sapphire. By Sapphire Push. <laughs> uh, but no, I actually did read this book. My problem when I was a kid was not that I was lazy and didn't want to read a book. It's just that I did have a problem with comprehension. A lot of us <laughs> did have that reading. Um, you know, yeah, it's funny and everything. Ha ha, I'm a, I'm a little illiterate. Ha ah, ha, fine. Okay, laugh yeah. at me, Shay. Go ahead. But no, 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 but, no, 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 no. But yes, some of us are a little stupid. <laughs> That's fucked up. But I actually did find a lot of value in being able to watch a movie, but also reading the book and kind of making those connections and having the visualizations in my head. But one of the things that I remember from the novelization of The Karate Kid, the movie based off of the book by Sapphire, (laughs) was that... Thank you. (laughs) That's really hard to say. But it's worth it and contractually obligated. But... But the the one thing I remember at the end of the novelization of The Karate Kid by Push Et Sapphire <laughs> was that this scene of The Karate Kid 2, which is where Sensei John Kreese basically beats the shit out of Johnny and all of the Cobra Kai and telling him he's a loser. He takes his like, second, second place, place trophy. And yeah, and he breaks, yeah. breaks it, it up and all this stuff. And then Miyagi comes, you know, Daniel LaRusso Sensei Miyagi. 
the most um, Oscar nominated performance. I'm assuming. I don't know. But uh, no, yeah, uh, yeah, it was. yeah. I mean, uh, that's right. Pat, the first one, Pat Morita. You know, Archie from fucking um, Happy Days. Arnold. Arnold from Happy Days. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, this he comes and he saves the goddamn day. That was in the. That was originally the end of the Karate Kid movie, and they filmed it for the Karate Kid. But the producers at the time felt that like it needed to have a more uplifting ending, and it needed to just fade out. Yeah. Uh, how do yeah. we freeze frame yeah. this movie? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but Mark, holding up the trophy, exactly. boom, everything else out. But and and I and I wanted your take because you told me this story. We were hanging out uh, a couple of weeks ago, but it, it it brings me to this question: keeping that scene in where Crease kind of goes fucking ape shit on him and bust his trophy doesn't make Johnny more sympathetic character in the first one. If that if that yeah. one scene yeah. is included, do you it's start to feel it's more redemption, I think. Right. For him. So instead which of keeping he it in the, deserved. Right. So yeah. um does that now let's I, just say that's part of the first movie, which is it, it's in the novel, does it make it more does it make it more, I don't know, likable, sympathetic? I, I don't think that I don't think that you could that you could really I think it makes it too complicated. I don't it think really, that you get any Daniel's more victory. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that you get it's, any more sympathetic to Johnny than him handing the trophy to Daniel. Mm-hmm. At the end of the of the Karate Kid, Johnny Lawrence is redeemed at the end of the Karate Kid by him handing the trophy and says you're all right, Larusso. I believe is 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 the quote. Yeah. yeah. And so he hands Larusso the trophy, and he's like, "You are the winner. You beat me. You have my respect. You have you you know you have the honor." And he gives it to him, and Larusso graciously accepts it. But that in itself is the end of Daniel Larusso's story. Johnny La- Johnny's story is what continues after that scene mm-hmm. and where he where, and if the if Johnny's story ends at the end of the karate kid movie he's redeemed he's a better person and he's ready to pursue life and conquer it yeah. but karate kid 2 which is actually the end of the novelization which actually is a cut scene from season from the first karate kid that scene where sensei john crease he destroys johnny he tears him to shit. Now Miyagi comes and saves the day in the movie, mm-hmm. but that's not that's not Johnny's story. What happens to Johnny after that moment? And that's where Cobra Kai the series comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and it needs to be answered if you really go back and like if you if you care about this movie and if you know if you're trying to be subjective, if you're trying to be open, if you're trying to be woke. You know, like, what's Johnny's story? What's his side of this? And what what we actually find out is that, you know, he wasn't just this rich kid. You know, he, he has his own story. He's got his own problems, you know. And why was he attracted to Cobra Kai in the first place? Why did he want to beat somebody up? Yeah. Yeah? Why did he want to defend himself? Right? I, I, I you know, and I had never considered it, but there is a... Ah, uh, how best to put it? A dangerous-looking psychosexual power dynamic tension between Crease and Johnny in the movie. I think. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but I, I think, um, in a hashtag Me Too. I'm just trying to get out ahead of it here. Well, in think... a in a larger sense, though, um, if we were to take 
I'm are, sorry you took that that seriously. If we were to take our love for 80s movies <laughs> and of the time and of martial arts and of kicking people's asses, um, you know, if we extrapolate from that and fit it into today, you know, what does it do to society? If all of a sudden we're just a bunch of dueling dojos, yeah, meeting in, in the All Valley, you know what does that do? Um, so you mean like Cobra Kai is sort of the like the reckoning of all the inconsistencies that you just had to swallow in that '80s simple morality tale. Yeah, and now the chickens have come home to roost. Now I've seen enough of Cobra Kai, which meaning one episode, yeah. and I don't mean to be mean. I want to watch more. Just not paying YouTube for them, yeah. but it seems like they. What I love the most about it is not only are they kind of trying to address that, they're doing it with the same sensibilities that the movie. It's taking itself just seriously enough yep. to where now, with the brand new light, with no changes in how you write dialogue for the characters <laughs> yeah. or anything else, it's actually kind of hilarious. Yes. But yeah. I still feel like the pathos for the characters. Yeah. Um, just because it is the, maybe one of the most perfect 80s movies of all time, it doesn't mean that it's not ridiculous. It, it's just, it's just, it's, <laughs> that, it's, that actually kind yeah. of implies it's the best ridiculous. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's quite perfect in the way that it's presented at the time. But extrapolate from that, you know, what sense does it make today? This series really has fun with that concept. It really holds true to, you know, to the canon. I know a lot of you guys out there really appreciate canon and, you know, uh, can it be extrapolated from what I've seen? You know, can it, you know, can it be a part of what I imagined? You know, I know all of that stuff is important to everybody. Um, I've just spent the last couple, like maybe four days just churning through two seasons of Cobra Kai. Um, I just... Look, I spent the $60 prorated a month in four days. <laughs> and what does that Thanks, come YouTube, to our new sponsor. Thanks, YouTube. And we should thank Marky for, um, you know, he's not sharing his YouTube password, but he is reenacting the episodes on a one-man show um, here at the studio. Yeah, which, I will. You know, uh, it's helped us a lot yeah. to kind of uh, see it through your eyes. But no. But, um, but yeah, yeah, look, if look, you've never if had even, a friend who says, hey, let me show you this move I've learned in karate. Please make friends with Marky e instead of us. There's last, uh, last time somebody said that to me, I got knocked out, kicked to the jaw. Yeah, and here everyone has that story. Yeah, well, if close, they can en- remember. close enough to the mic. Last time somebody said that to me, I got kicked, out. <laughs> yeah. knocked out, kicked to the jaw. Sorry. Yeah, that was earlier today by Marky. E, by the way, I've never <laughs> ever ever kicked anybody in the jaw before. Ever. Or more than it was once. Billy Jack. He said yeah. <laughs> this foot. But um, all, all of this stuff. Uh, it it all it all the whole premise of the movie of the of the Karate Kid and what kind of drives that story, and obviously what takes this story into its new series series uh, season one season two, I'm assuming season three is coming because I've seen season two it's fantastic, but it all starts with John Kreese. Um Oh, do you mean friend of the show or at least? Adjacent friend of the show, <laughs> yeah. Martin Cove. Marty Cove, I call him. But uh, yeah, uh, Martin Cove, for those of you that are not familiar with his work, this guy was also a big badass in Rambo First Blood Part 2. Uh, was he an American ninja? 
I don't think he was an American <laughs> Ninja. Uh, but but um, Martin Cove was the stereotypical '80s badass fucking bad guy. He has beautiful feathered hair. He smokes cigars. He talks by pointing at you all the time. <laughs> He's got killer fucking biceps. Square jaw, but Square beady jaw eyes. and beady eyes. Yeah, it's very, 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 very right. Hair made of Brillo. <laughs> yeah, it's just an SOS pad, but just but blonde. It's fucking brilliant. He's beautiful. Grab you by the collar and say, hey, listen to me. He's yeah. he's kind of guy who just I, wakes up locked and loaded. Yeah. Just ready. Just fucking ready. Marty Marty Cove is ready for you. And this guy was he he made a he made a a a, a appearance in many 80s movies, most notably as Sensei John Kreese. Nothing happens without this guy's performance coming through. Fuck, I wish we got an interview with him. I don't... Johnny, you went to WonderCon. <laughs> Tell I me did. that if you went to a, a Cobra Kai roundtable, that you spent some time with Marty Cove. I did have the pleasure of interviewing uh sensei crease during our roundtable interviews. Can you just tell me this before we turn on the magic interview machine? Yes. What do you smell like? Was it musk? Uh, just imagine. Just imagine the uh, what like a bear would smell like after a rainfall. <laughs> <laughs> I can, and I want to. And yeah. yes, looks looks That's the same, sweet. intimidating as fuck. I'm sitting there, and I'm I'm a kid again. I'm like. Yes, Sensei! You know, I like, don't know. But he's, you know, uh, yeah, awesome guy. He loves this show. He had the Cobra Kai t-shirt on and a leather jacket and a shit you not. And it uh, doesn't look like he's aged a day, man. Totally awesome guy and great interview. Yeah, um, I, I can I, say How this. did we get that interview on the air, Johnny? Oh, wow. Well, I think, uh, <clears throat> let's try this again. Uh, is the uh, interview machine still hot? Let me see. Uh, there's a gentle whirr. <laughs> <laughs> Gentle right. whir coming from the control tower. Go ahead. Magic interview machine. Take us right back to WonderCon 2019 and Martin Cove. Meanwhile. So uh, what was it like to jump back into this character? It's been over 30, 30 years? Yeah, 30, it was like 34 years jumping back in. Well, you know, the... Both Billy and I talk about this a lot, that, you know, we were persuaded because these writers knew so much about our character. And they said, you're going to set up season two, being in episode 10. And I said, well, why can't I be in season one, season one, and episode six or seven? I said, no, no, you're setting up second season. And I wanted him to show other sides other than just a badass, you know, because I've done that. And... Um, they talked about the evolution of the character. They talked about the vulnerability that he could have. And they did their homework. They, all the backstory that I created with John Creese in Vietnam and why he didn't trust anyone and why there was no mercy you know, for the weak because he lost a lot of friends in Vietnam. As if our boys were not allowed to, lo- to win in Vietnam, John Creese was a winner throughout his whole life. And... Um, ultimately created Cobra Kai where the students were not allowed to lose ever. So these writers knew all that. And they persuaded me to go come and play because I could be, and I can't give away too much, but I could be in season two 
a lot more vulnerable and a lot different than just John Kreese. Mercy's for the week. Give me 60 push-ups on your knuckles. You know, that, that holds to a certain degree, but if you write it into some real vulnerable stuff, it's marvelous for an active play. And that's what I was looking to do, you know. And uh, season, you know, hopefully we'll have a season three, and there'll even be more flashback information then, and, and they've even mapped out how he became a, a bully. And hopefully in this season, we'll learn how he got... I thought of a great way of how he got... You know, the name Cobra Kai. <laughs> but I can't only because they'll change it. But, but they came up with a, almost, a, I was, yeah, it's pretty 60 40. I mean, I think mine was better, but they really thought about it. And they thought about, you know, was he bullied as a kid? We thought about my backstory because I, I met with Army Rangers and created a lot of stuff at the beginning of season two and wanted to, you know, invent it further and evolve it further into season three and they already thought about all of this they already had this on the ledger of where he came from and why because they like writing for this character you know but you know my association with Billy is what's really interesting because season two really just travels a whole emotional gamut of, of um, feelings where a father and son have such a strong relationship and yet it goes back and forth with the integrity of Cobra Kai always at stake. And it's written eloquently. You know? I remember doing Cagney Lacey and I didn't think that anything after six years of Cagney Lacey, I didn't think anything else would be as well written. Unless you were lucky enough to pop in with Aaron Sorkin and go do Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway or something, you know? But no, these cats they're there. We really are we're yeah. Yeah, there's so much, and it's because, you know, they're making Marvel comic books and the studio system, so we're getting all the influx in the last decade of good material on television with good directors and good writers. So you get the great stuff on Netflix, you get the really good stuff on, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, I'd love to go... Some of these stories are banal and bizarre, but they're really interesting material for the actor and for writers to write, and certainly for the public to see. You know, and I'm a big Western fan. You know, I love Westerns. For me, the whole rejuvenation of the Western would please me greatly. But you have to write it like either, either like Butch and Sundance, where there's a love affair, or you write it in a very sophisticated form, because... Unless people are gray, like in the Wild Bunch, unless people are gray, they, it's not going to hold up. The kids are so sophisticated these days with as an audience member that you really have to write and make it interesting. You know, white hats and black hats don't work anymore in TV or in the movies. You know. Could you talk maybe about the process of, of when they reached out to you to maybe propose, okay, we're going to you know, do the show for YouTube and we want you to come back to play this character that you played you know, 20 some odd years ago? Like, how did that go down? Like, what conversations did you have? Well, we were Dan Tanner's at a restaurant and they knew everything about our characters. They just knew everything. And when I would throw some things up, and they had answers. Listen, what was your reaction when, they, when you first got work and practiced maybe through the region or whatever? They want to bring you back to do this show on YouTube. It's kind of I don't know how long you've been away from. Well, we would, you know, we occasionally would do conventions, and Billy and I are good friends, and I'd see Ralph every once in a while. He lives in New York. And we, we were working. 
working on material, Billy and I. Good material to bring it back in a, in a, but it was a feature film. So we were not, it, we didn't include television in our plan at all, but we were always writing things to bring our characters back. And at one point, we were arrogant enough to write the characters in so we wouldn't have to be liable to Columbia and to them coming into the game and saying, you're using, you're using No Mercy, you're using the name John Kreese. We were arrogant enough to think that the people, the public would know us by calling our characters Johnny and, and, and Johnny and John. And we would actually create scenarios in our screenplay that we never finished because it was really hard to do. But where the people would know these characters without us mentioning Cobra Kai, without us mentioning John Kreese, without giving away money to the studios because we were basically taking the copyright. We tried to do that for a long time. It was really hard. But the fact that we were arrogant enough to think the public would buy into it, it always amazed me, you know? It always amazed me. Well, we tried it, you know? Do you think some of the characters maybe developed whether it be maybe John or Grace or whatever, is it more like a personal journey or they're adapting to kind of society? Because as you mentioned, it used to be a whitehead, black guys, white keys and black keys. It was clear it was good and bad. So now that, that there's a lot more gray, again, did everyone kind of change their sensibilities and personal change or just adapted to modern day? Well, I think, I think the writers are responsible for, because if you think about it, the, the kids in Miyagi-Do, they have problems. I mean, they've got big problems. You know, they, they got a, a, you know, a love affair looming in that house where, you know, if Ralph found out about it, it'd be big trouble, you know? Um, okay. So, you know, I, I think it, it was no good or bad, and... I think everyone, you know, they respected the dark side so much in this movie, in this series, because Billy is so flawed from the get-go, and he suffers so much that the Miyagi-Do, it's not, I, I don't ever think of it, of it as being like Miyagi. I never think of it as being as pure as that, because Ralph is combating a whole different world. Just like my character says in episode one, season two, I say, I've come back, and I have a conversation with Billy, and I say, I've come back, and society isn't the same. The kids get kids get trophies for just showing up. It's one of my lines. And that's how I do feel. But there is a thing that goes on for Martin Cove that kids who, who show a great deal of efforts in playing baseball, playing soccer, but they're just not that good. Shouldn't they be rewarded somehow for showing the effort? You know? And yet, John Kreese doesn't feel that way. You know, I feel that way. But yet, I really just think that these stars are celebrated. The Johnny Lawrences are celebrated. You know, and so it's a real tricky thing that he comes back into a society that's not the same because he was out there playing mercenary and you know, absent from the real world. So it's all very. It's all evolutionary. <laughs> season two, the character's a little more fleshed out than maybe in the movies where he was just the black hat bad guy. It's more fleshed out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The characters are much more fleshed out, and they'll be more fleshed out if there's a season three. They'll be much richer 
because you can find out about these people. And the saving grace is we have people that can write this stuff without trying to make it a cartoon, without trying to make, you know how hard it is writing a sequel? How hard it is, we all have seen sequels that have failed. Godfather is probably the only sequel in maybe a Star Wars that we can remember, you know? And, yeah, and, and I think that we're lucky enough to have people that can cultivate characters in season three, in season four, because they know how faulted the characters are in the show they create. Thank you, sir. My pleasure, man. Thank you so much. You're a strong man, John. I might stronger than I care to be. Then shower up with Irish Spring. Ah, the double deodorant soap for long-lasting protection. Look, in these green and white stripes are two deodorants. That means long-lasting protection. What a fine, fresh smell. That's why I use it, too. Irish Spring with two deodorants for long-lasting deodorant protection. Oh, for those of you that weren't able to see that, that was a young Marty Cove doing oh, an Irish accent. Oh, that's Irish what it was. I was almost insulted. <laughs> How poor that Irish accent was. Okay, but once again, Mark E. manages to somehow nebulously bring it all back together. That's right. Marty Cove doing an Irish Spring commercial. Marty Cove, who played uh, Sensei Kreese yep, yep. of the Cobra Kai founder, and uh, who is now... Spo- okay, from here on out to the end of the show, serialized spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. yeah. Uh, he is now joined Cobra Kai in season two. Yeah, um, he's actually reprising his role. Not, yeah, not a not like a winky audience thing. No, where no, he's no, a... no. This is not like Bill Murray in the Chick Ghostbusters movie. No, no. Okay. This is a real deal. This is John Kreese's back. All know? right, uh, and yeah, um, he shows up like in the very last, the very very last seconds of season one. It's John, a well placed cameo. Absolutely. It's John Kreese is in the shadows smoking a cigar and he's talking to Johnny and basically like the big bad is coming, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh Um, And I've recently seen season two, literally uh, last night I finished it. Yeah. (laughs) But but yeah, but it's, um, you know, Kreese is Cobra Kai. Like, all the bad things that you fear. Um, Daniel LaRusso's fear of Cobra Kai, it comes from John Kreese's karate. Like, yeah, like... Uh, it's the fathers, right? It's, this is this is between sure. the... You know, in The Godfather 2, this is between the brothers, Kay, right? This is between the fathers. This is the fathers yeah. of karate that are dictating how this story is going. And Miyagi is dead, so he can't help us. Crease is alive and he can destroy us, and that is season two of Cobra Kai. Yeah, and yeah, and, there you go. Well, playing very much upon at least the original Karate Kid's idea that uh, he was the evil master. He was the one who corrupted Johnny. Correct. He's the one who essentially is the the proto bully. Mm-hmm. If you kill him, everyone else just shatters into ice. Yeah. Now there are there are ramifications to it though you know like if you cut the head off you know um, Johnny has his reasons and his story Johnny is you know Johnny has his reasons why he needed to go into this dojo in the first place he has his problems 
those don't go away because John Kreese is dealt with, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so this this whole series is it's both uh, it's an explanation of the Johnny character, yeah. and it's also uh, exploration of the powers of the evil master. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like at the same time, it could be both. So yeah. You know, when we grew up, we were watching The Karate Kid, and it was about Daniel LaRusso, and we put ourselves in his shoes, and it was it was awesome, and it was epic. Yeah. But the other side, and of if the you had too. any doubts by the very end, the freeze frame on him holding up yeah. the trophy, handed by you're Johnny. like, oh, okay. From now on, every time I see this on HBO, I know he's the hero. Yeah, very worst case scenario. Yeah, exactly. but it turns out, as as we discussed earlier, you could break it down a lot of different ways mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you give enough context. And as uh, Marty Cove mentioned, like here in the show, we're learning about. Uh, the Vietnam yeah. side of him. He's yeah. not a total devil. He's, you know, he's Arlie Ermey. Yeah. That's he's whipping the, the kids into shape because right. if he doesn't, they'll die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's his platoon is Vietnam platoon. You weren't allowed to lose because losing means you're going to die. So no, no defeat. Won't let the kids lose. Now that's a little rough to throw on teenagers, but he was probably, well, when I was in your age, I was in, Goddamn Da Nang getting my see my buddies, you know, heads blown off. So you're going to win this goddamn tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he, and he's using those same sensibilities. And that's what the Cobra Kai was founded on. So, and it goes back to what Zapka said you're reopening that Cobra Kai with built on those fundamentals. And it's Pandora's box, especially when oh, out of the shadows box. steps, you know, John Kreese going, hey man, by the way, um, copyright infringement because I own like <laughs> Cobra Kai. So um, yeah, his lawyer steps out of the uh, other other side. You know, of you the know, shadows. Um, I love I, I love that that interview ended with the idea of a Pandora's box because when you open up this idea of Cobra Kai, and also on the Daniel Larusso side, he opens up a competing dojo, Miyagi Go or Miyagi Do. All right, so. Miyagi-Do karate is competing against Cobra Kai karate. And both of these guys who have their own rivalries are bringing a bunch of kids into this. It's going to have ramifications, Mm -hmm. right? It is a Pandora's box. When Johnny opens up Cobra Kai, it causes all of this shit. Does Does he replicate the errors of John Kreese? Or does he take Cobra Kai into another realm? Because remember, we have two Johnnies. We have the dickhead, bully, piece of shit. And we also have the guy that handed LaRusso. And we, we hand, he handed LaRusso that trophy and said, you know, you're all right, LaRusso. It, is he redeemed? Or, you know, what, what, is, yeah. what is he? Well, see, well, I think the original Karate Kid, they included it up to that point, at least. If they didn't give him full redemption, it was just so that the real protagonist, from our point of view, Daniel LaRusso, at the very end, both won the girl, the contest, and his enemy's respect. Yeah. So, at no point was Johnny a fleshed-out character. At all. At all yeah, in he the was, movie. He was just other, a vehicle. Other than yeah. to satisfy yeah. those needs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but he does have a story. You know, he like there yeah. is there and there's if reason you why he's there. Allowed those scenes of him being humiliated and almost destroyed by his own teacher mm-hmm. after following his teacher's orders. Yeah. Then 
I mean, that makes him a character. And that's probably why Hollywood, well, they straight up outlawed it. <laughs> yeah. They said, no way. Well, I think uh, Zabka himself was kind of, he was always cast like in any of these movies that if you look at William Zabka's uh, IMDb, yeah. he was always the asshole. Now, yeah. the only the only he time was, that he was. He was the, always like the head of the bad fraternity. Yeah. Uh, Revenge the of the main Nerds. Guy. Or was it, no, um, no. Uh, he was in, um, that, he was in Vacation 2, the European vacation, but he was just the boyfriend that she left. Right. Yeah. Like that was that was his most innocuous role. But yeah. honestly, there were he was just exa- you know, tall. Uh, he was the bad guy Bill, in the um, blonde uh, hair. Back to school That's is what you're t- thinking of with That's Roddy Dangerfield. Yeah. yeah, he was the bad guy in Back to School. You remember See, that exactly movie? <laughs> same thing. Same thing. Absolutely the same thing. But it um, he just you know. Uh, t- he, he was filling an archetype. In it, there. Yeah, if They've you were to get meta about it, if you were now. to get meta, Zabka himself was the prototypical bad guy of the '80s. But he has his own story. You know, he has a reason why he was the bad guy. You know, and a lot of times, bad guys, the best of them, always think that they're doing right. Oh, of course. It's, yeah. yeah, I mean, if you have a bad guy that thinks they're doing something wrong, then that's your redemption arc. You yeah. Know? I don't think this dude needs a redemption arc because even as, as Billy said in his interview, he's still a good guy. And he's still trying to figure yeah. it out, which is more relatable, I think. I mean, you know, we all go through different phases in our lives. And surely we're not the same people we were in high school. Uh, hopefully not. But, you know, you have that kind of different phase in his life. But... You're able to fall into familiar trappings once you start to go back, and he's going back to where it all started, and you get the old master back, the old you know dojo back, and now you have all these kids. You're almost fighting like this proxy war. You're rekindling an old rival, a rivalry using kids instead of directly you know fighting yourself, which is kind of even more devious. So it, it's really uh, layered. And I, it, I think it goes yeah. to the writing um, and the creators are doing a I really fucking yeah. good job. Yeah. Um, if you turn the original movie into a 10 piece HBO limited series right now, it would probably be earth shattering <laughs> the yeah. kind of levels you could pull up, but it didn't need it then. And I think all we're doing now is finding the context, finding the layering. And once again, it's just proof that these themes that we grew up with, they they need to grow. They need to grow up with us. They need to grow up with us. We you need go. to find a way to pass it on to the next generation. We don't need uh, people to keep selling us the same story. We need to sell the story to the younger kids. So yeah, that, so yeah. That, I, I think so you're these, right. Yeah. Whatever the story is in this case, Karate Kid lives on, right? You well, I don't even know that. I think we're trying to. Like, make it more adult. We're trying to shove a bunch of context into it. Sure. I would rather, but if I had a child, and I can't speak much to it because I don't have a child. As far as we know. But I would rather them. <laughs> that was good. Put that in there. But I, I think I would be more comfortable with them watching the original Karate Kid movie without all the difficult adult kind of shades of gray context. That's how I And then would... when they're older, I'm like, check out Cobra Kai. Yeah. That's how I would like it. For them to watch it, because that's how I enjoyed it. But that's yeah. not how kids yeah. or even people these days enjoy content or 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 take it in. Well, and, like and you, you know, you need um, to break down a two-hour movie into ten. 
episodes. I, I actually think you're, look, you're, you, uh, you are absolutely right. I think that um, one of the things that the producers and the writers actually do, and they do it really, really, really well. And by the way, we do have audio with some of the creators. We're not going to put that into this particular episode, but we are going to release it as its own separate interview. So you guys are going to hear some audio about it. That's what they but, call it in the business, a, a tease, everybody. A tease, everybody. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the actual licky, producers, licky. They, actually did, they actually did think about all of this stuff. And, um, you know, going back to what the original movie was about, going and then looking forward to what the series is about, um, all of it has a place. You know, uh, we can put ourselves into all of it. It makes sense to all of us at some point in time. It's it's universal themes. It's universal um, reactions and universal characters and all this other stuff. We're all a part of this. We can be Johnny. We can be Daniel. Yep. Some of us are asshole enough to be Crease. I'm sorry, cool enough to be Crease. Uh, yeah. yeah. Two and, sides you know, of a coin. Yeah. I mean, it, it's all there. Um, but... And as we get older and we appreciate the world on a different level, as we have to make more and more allowances for the fact that the world is terrible, yeah. then we can appreciate things on new levels. And I think, once again, we are we are the generations who, who's doing that. Yeah, I think you're right. Yep, yep. Because we're not afraid to not grow up. <laughs> yep. And that's what makes us the greatest generation. <laughs> So anyway, a big salute to all the many iterations of Karate Kid and the uh, and not and the, the Will Smith of fucking bullshit. That was kung fu, and that was in China. I hate that one. Yeah. But other than that, drawing yeah. a line in the sand. Oh yeah, yep. I, Will Smith. Well, uh, his son, whatever. Anyway. Is it, yeah, Jaden comes in here. Jayden, I will handle him. Don't worry. You guys just stay seated. Mm-hmm. Other than that, okay, I'll, take, to the I'll face. take care of Will Smith. You take care of <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think at this point it's very clear after having watched both the movie and uh, and and the two seasons now available now on YouTube or BitTorrent, uh, Cobra <laughs> Kai. Uh, hey, hey. That clearly, that's enough of this. I think we're good. I, I just want to say, um, Shay, I look forward to talking about your Halloween costume. Coming up this year, uh, you know, Miyagi's dead wife. So let's well, get this <laughs> oh, yeah, I want to see a devil's in the details. <laughs> well, it's getting that dead uh, dead fetus in my belt. Anyway, that's enough of this, everybody. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.